0: Well, footy's back, but it's fair to say it wasn't exactly what we had in mind. The Cats ran right on their home turf, smashing a lacklustre Hawthorne side with ease. Now the team need to regroup in time for a big clash against the reigning premiers, the Tigers. There's plenty to unpack here, so let's get down to business. Welcome one and all to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast, the podcast where non-performance will no longer be supported. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me is a man who predicted just how the game would be won and lost last Friday night. G'day, Tiz. G'day, mate. Um. Would it be
1: okay if someone manned up on some of their small forwards or maybe went within a bull's roar of
0: Gary Ablett? Don't you love it how we played tall and Geelong said, okay, yeah, you can lock down our tall forwards. Just, we've got another few blokes on the park that'll do all right if you do that. We're not even going to kick it anywhere near Tom Hawkins, so, you know, good luck. They played it well, didn't they, Geelong? I mean, it hurts and it stings to... You know, tip our lids to an old enemy But Geelong played as well I mean, they won by 10 goals What can you even say to that? You have to tip your lid to them
1: Eh, you
0: know, they have a 50-point winning margin
1: down there anyway It's, you know, par for the course there
0: I guess it kind of annoys me on what you just said That they're going to have such a favourable fixture, aren't they? Oh, ridiculous I mean, the next three weeks I think they play the Suns, Melbourne and Carlton They've been handed a delightful little draw, Geelong And... They whinged and moaned. They finally got us down to the cattery. And, uh, I mean, this is a dream for them.
1: I mean, they have that's how they finish off and don't win a final. It's just that's <laughs> how it goes. If they're in this little incubator like this and, you know, the AFL's telling them how bloody good they are all the time and they're never really exposed to competition, then, um, you know, that's how they fail in finals. Having said that, our second half was putrid. The lack of nous shown by Clarkson in trying to break down the momentum that Geelong had was... Unfathomably bad. Segler responded after having an atrocious first quarter to make Reese Stanley look like a ruckman and not a superhero. Hawthorne were bad. Most positions across the park were
0: beaten by Geelong players. Contested possessions and clearance work all across the field was pretty bad. Tom Mitchell was our lead possession winner with 22 touches. Good for him. Great to have him back, but just 22. Uh, The next best was 17, tis, which is a real problem. For that third quarter, we lose contested possessions by 29. And that's not just, you know, from the clearances and stuff. Oh, I believe it. I know what I watched. It was bad. It was tough to watch. Uh, Obviously, it's up to us to instill some sense of positivity.
1: No, not yet. Not yet. Hold that back. (laughs) You know, the positivity is coming, people. There's a wave of it about to crash over you. But uh, let's just say that um, this was a subpar effort by a team that, I don't know, they looked like they were fish out of water or they didn't believe the experiment could work from here on in and they just it did look like they were second to the ball, they were fumbly, looked like the effort
0: wasn't there. I'm
1: not sure that the effort wasn't there, but they certainly weren't ready for this.
0: And that's disappointing when you've had so long to prepare. I just expected better. I did not expect that would A lose and B get smashed by that much. Even the silver linings I don't think were particularly as good as some people were talking up. Not only, you know, some hawk supporters, but the club. The club named Sam Frost as their MVP, which is fine. I mean, you know, he did some good things he created. He showed a sense of urgency at the contest, gave us some runs. He that's, showed effort for four quarters. That's right. I mean, that's <laughs> we needed that because not many players gave us that. But he he did, at the end of the day, only run at 57% disposal efficiency. And half of his fourteen touches just about resulted in turnovers. So when you're picking that bloke as a as a silver lining, as a shining light, it's it's pretty tough. That's double his
1: career average, Nick. So at <laughs> Melbourne, he was well below that. So he's doing much better. No, but it was good. I, I like Sam. He's um, he's definitely trying to impact the culture. Oh, sorry, not the culture, but the club, isn't he? He's really trying to do his best for them, and that'll speak to the group. The group will acknowledge that, and he'll be taken in by them. I think it's a, I think it's a good person to give the award to.
0: After two rounds, he is proving to be a handy pickup for the club. So we've got that. Uh, Chad Wingard.
1: Yeah, two of the newly arrivals... Uh Frost and Wingard uh, were the
0: ones that were outstanding. It was a curious deployment of Wingard, who was most active around the top of the 450 arc. 17 touches, but again, as much as listeners lauded his contribution in what was a rough night, just the 35% disposal efficiency and six turnovers. He had a crack, but the polish wasn't there. Yeah, but that's because he's trusted with the hardest kick of the game,
1: the one into the forward 50. That's That's his go. You know, if he gets those right, on a more regular basis, we score a hell of a lot more efficiently and put more pressure on the opposition. I don't think we managed it as well in our Ford 50 as the Geelong seemed to create space. It's almost like they knew the ground a bit better, Tiz. Yeah, I don't know about that, Nick. You'd have to prove that to me with stats. But, <laughs> um, but every time we went forward, it looked like we were kicking two, you know, three-on-one or five-on-one. And every time they went forward, it was people leading up or the ball was pitching into space where we weren't. And, you know, I, we used to watch Hodgie and Lewis do this years ago where they'd, there was nothing to go to in the forward 50s, so they'd pitch it about 10 metres in front and Cyril and Poppy would clean it up and over the top and there'd be another goal. And we'd be all going, hooray! And, and the defenders would be like, how in the name mm-hmm. of, did that happen? We had everyone covered and they didn't even try to kick it to anybody, just hit the ground and suddenly it's an easy goal. And that's exactly what was happening to us. We didn't know the ground well, we didn't have confidence in those around us. We were you know Clearly all we needed
0: to do was just play the guys from two thousand and six. Bring them back.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't help when you can't get your hands on the pill. Every line looks worse when you can't get the ball first. And particularly our inability to stop their exit. You know, they didn't have to go back as often as they went forward. It was Just running straight into us, straight into our defensive structures and kicking over the top of them.
0: I will say this for Wingard, at least he did have two goal assists. And with a rough night on the scoreboard, clearly we didn't impact it as much as we would have liked. Two goal assists is a good result there for Wingard. Uh, Liam Shields is another guy we wanted to highlight. He was used to try and negate Dangerfield, which I think did work for a time. He did pretty well, but... I think the only thing about that is, it, once the midfield situation started spiralling out of our control, he was up against it. Um, he did well for as long as he possibly could, but then it was just an avalanche. And just the nine touches, but not that, that's not really a knock on his game. He was trying to lock down Dangerfield, and I, I think he performed admirably. It wasn't Dangerfield that killed us, it was Selwood. This
1: is true, yes. The bloke we didn't tag. There must have been a point where they went, Oh, do you reckon we should tag Selwood now? And they just decided, no, we'll leave him on the two hundred and fifty gamer just to deaden the output, eh? <laughs> because it, it did look weird. Because the best midfielder going was just had so much space. Selwood was beating people to the ball all the time. It's just those split second uh delay that Hawthorne seemed to be like we've had with our connection failures tonight. You know, it's just a six <laughs> si- a split-second delay, and you look shocking for it, don't you? It's made me really uncertain, Tiz, much like John Segler was really uncertain in the ruck. Well, John Segler wasn't uncertain. He was unfocused. He was l- watching the man. He was making Reese Stanley look phenomenally good, and uh, that is an effort.
0: I suppose that's what I mean, is he did not seem... Switched on in the right areas, he was very preoccupied with his opponent, and it showed, it was from the first bounce. It was something that I noted almost immediately. I think to his credit, he did lift he did compete well, but his game from there just kind of ebbed and flowed, and it just seemed when it whenever it did dip, Geelong just took advantage every single time. yeah, I think
1: um Reece Stanley schooled him on how you play that ground. I don't think you saw a lot of Reese running round the ground; he was just. Going straight up and down the middle, just filling holes. And um it's interesting what they do with Segler when McAvoy's in the back line, because he doesn't seem to be a hit up option down the line really. He doesn't seem to take a mark there or relieve
0: us at all. We had a question from Hendricks at Hawk Talk Pod, feel like big boy down back isn't going to last, and he has to play in the ruck which means I don't see a spot for Segler. We picked up Patton, Frost and Hartley, and all of a sudden it seems we're too tall. It did look like that after halftime. I
1: said the ball was wet and greasy. Well, you know, that's so uncommon in a night game. Um, <laughs> you've got to be prepared for these things, and I don't think Clarko made any changes, really, until it was too late to put McAvoy into the centre. And even then McAvoy didn't seem to be too interested at that point, or else he's just out of touch as well. I think there's a lot of issues here I think. Not getting your hands on the pill first is basically how you lose the game.
0: Oh, is it? Is it is not having the footy how you lose the game first.
1: <laughs> cuz if you have to <laughs> if you have to react, well we used to give it back. You know, we used to let teams have it. True. And then true, yeah. they'd kick it and make an error and we just, you know, cycle it up through our defence and cut them up that way. Well, our skill level was down cuz we haven't been playing for a while. That didn't help with our ball movement out of defence cuz we could win it back. We just couldn't get it past, you know, the wing. What wing? That's what am I hear you asking. Well, that's true. There isn't a wing down at Geelong. It's like a soccer pitch. So it makes it very hard. And they look like they're running into cul-de-sacs all the time trying to make their way out there and Scully and we had Smith off the halfback flank and I don't think I think Hendo made some outrageously bad decisions at one point he thought he was a ruckman and tried to flick it over the back (laughs) and how that wasn't punished with a goal I will never know but it just says to me that they had run out of ideas down there they were under siege and at some point people started questioning the leadership and that's probably a little unfair because you never want stratton to have the ball in the first place part of the game plan is keep the ball out of stratton's hands he's a lockdown defender he doesn't you know as long as his opponent isn't scoring he's done his job but to an observer at home who can't watch stratton who's off screen most of the time, it looks like he is absent. No, you've really gone into bat for our captain there. Not really.
0: I haven't said anything positive about him. <laughs> <laughs> I've just said everyone's too harsh. Uh do you think I'm a bit harsh? I have I've implied that he's not in our best twenty two. Do you think that was a bit too much? I think it's probably too harsh. If you're in the back line there
1: and you're it's not your objective to get the ball, but to keep it to keep everyone spaced well, I think he failed there. I don't think we played the forward 50 very well at all. There seemed to be gaps everywhere and the small forwards were running amok. No one was on Gary Ablett ever. Yeah, I think they found us out in the, in the third quarter. They made some tactical changes. Then Clarko didn't go with it. Just could not get anywhere near stopping the momentum they had, which was unfathomable because we've been training to stop momentum for three years. It's been a problem that's been acknowledged um, by Clarko, but it seems to be a recurring issue, and uh, I think Burgoyne decided that he'd finally, you know, try and impact this game. Got pretty lucky to get the fine, which we've just heard the AFL has now changed the rules, so
0: Burgoyne will have to miss a game next time.
1: It's specific to Burgoyne, isn't it? Is that that correct?
0: It is the Burgoyne rule. And look, I commend Sean Burgoyne and the Hawthorne Football Club for once again <laughs> revolutionising Australian rules for the better. Ugh. Oh. There's
1: so many rules they've had to bring in. Even going back to John Kennedy, they had to change the rules and bring in a little circle around the Ruckman. Then they had to do the centre square because he just clogged it all up. Yeah, It's it's brilliant. Hawthorne make this game better. And uh, the sooner we're held to a higher standard like the ones that Jeffrey and we'll be talking about them later, exacted <laughs> on the rest of the AFL, I think the better the competition will be. In fact, if everyone but Hawthorne is
0: relegated, that is phenomenally good for the competition. <laughs> and good for Hawthorne. <laughs> I mean, let's let's think back to the 2008 Grand Final. I believe it was that very game that... Caused a ripple effect. You can no longer just rush a behind willy-nilly. You can't just do that whenever you want. The Guerra rule. Yep. The third man up rule. That's another one. Clarko, that's that's on him. Gee, we're a good club. We do exactly what is right by this great game of ours. If there's a loophole, we'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> I said we'd get to some
1: positives. So, I've had a crack at the midfield setup. Um, we have had a crack at the defensive setup. Set up. The only thing left is the forward line setup, which was also non-effective after halftime. Who do you want to take pot shot at there, Poppy or
0: um, Patton or uh, who else didn't show up? This is a trap. This is dead set a trap. You're trying to get me to name players so you can put me on blast for it. I know your tricks, Tiz. Getting a bit style now. Okay. Uh- <laughs> hey, like Alistair Clarkson on Friday night, you're all out of ideas. Yeah, they were. Um, they were much better than us at defending that ground. And can I just go back to what we were saying before? It sort of ties into what Hendricks was saying with his question. We heard from Tony as well at Hawk Talk Pod. Will the tall experiment last? Yes,
1: Clarko is stubborn. Have you not learned this? I knew you'd say that. Poppy roaming the forward line, Lone <laughs> Ranger style, for three years has taught me that Clarko is not changing it this week. Probably not next week, but he may change it. In a year's
0: time. I can't believe you think he's actually... Well, I'm not disagreeing. He probably will play the same McEvoy experiment against the Tigers. But, God, I just I hope he doesn't. I don't think you can judge it on that game anyway, down at Geelong, that experiment.
1: Although, I do feel that if you're playing night games and you're playing in the wet, then you're
0: giving your opposition a tremendous advantage by having... McAvoy behind the ball. You wanted to talk about the forwards. Uh, we got a question from Bredo at Hawk Talk Pod. Why blame the tall forward set up when our midfield couldn't win the ball and deliver it cleanly? Uh, I think that's fair enough. Uh, I think uh, we've had questions later uh, that we'll get to later in the show talking about Mitch Lewis. Why wasn't Mitch Lewis included? Now, I'm clearly a massive Mitch Lewis fanboy on this show. I'm just not sure he would have made a difference on this night. I- I'm not sure it's the problem with the forwards. It is the problem of the midfielders.
1: So how many uh, clean entries did you see from Geelong, Nick, that they managed to score from and beat us by 10 goals? Were there a lot of those? A lot of guilt-edged chances? Or were there a lot of, you know, oh, hell, they've got the ball again. That's a rather easy goal. It didn't matter how they got
0: it into their 50. Why does it matter in ours? Obviously... We're trying to play a style of footy that was just guarded against at every turn. It was stopped on the wing constantly. We we didn't we didn't have a plan B basically. Can we just throw this out? Just forget
1: this game ever happened. Do you think this is what Clarko did? Monday he's just gone. Look, we're going to watch maybe the first half, second half. Don't worry about it. You know this is your first game back. Your skills aren't up to it. I need better effort. And if no one puts any effort in the next weekend, they will be held oh Thursday they'll be held to pay. But for the moment, we're just going to let this
0: slide. And I trust you. I trust you to get the job done Thursday. It's possible. It's possible that happens. There's a few players that I'd be putting in the gun that I want to expect more from. I want to expect more from Scully. Uh, Patton, it's hard because it just never went down there enough. He couldn't stamp his authority on the game at all. Henderson, Stratton, Hanrahan, Hardwick, Poopolo. Uh, I expect more from the umpires, Tiz. You didn't like the umpires. <laughs> we heard from Stewie Bro at Hawk Talk Pod. How come in this AFL competition we played against the Italian soccer team? That's a comment on the diving, or on the fact that they were awarded everything and it was obviously rigged. <laughs> it is indeed a comment on the diving. I look. I didn't think the umpires were as much of a factor as some Hawks supporters did. Oh, man, they got so many goals from free kicks. It was ridiculous. Why why don't we get a free kick in front of goal? Like, right in front of goal. Well, the ball has to get down there, mate. We're losing it out of the middle that frequently. Our inside 50s were just dwarfed. It it just... Look, you, you need to make opportunities to have that decision paid, and we just didn't have the opportunities. Matt uses a good term, doesn't he? Mulligan. <laughs> yeah, we did hear from Matt at Hawk Talk Pod. Guys, it's one game. Nobody was complaining after we beat Brisbane. We played on Geelong's narrow ground. A similar thing happened in the 2015 qualifying final when West Coast beat us. We learned, and then we beat Frio. In golfing terms, let's just call it our mulligan and move on. We'll be okay. Great, let's move on. I want to read out Josh's as well Uh, Josh at Pod tweeted us and said A lot of lessons and selection questions to take away But after the results of the weekend as a whole The old saying, it's never as good as it looks And never as bad as it seems Rings pretty true A big build up to a long wait for footy Bound to be an overreaction
1: Yeah, I don't know I thought Matty Lloyd was pretty much on point Um, We definitely need some priority picks in the upcoming draft (laughs) That's what I was hearing Is that right?
0: You're saying make Hawthorne great again.
1: Get that cap printed, Nick. That'll be an absolute seller. (laughs) There you go.
0: hawktalkpod.com
1: (laughs) slash (laughs) merch.
0: And now we come to the extended halftime break. It is indeed the extended halftime break. We won't linger on this stuff too long, but uh, we just want to get to some... ...socials and, and the necessary plugs. Uh, Apple Podcasts, if you do like the show, you can rate and review it, as a lot of people have done recently. would really appreciate it. It makes our day reading those, so do jump on Apple Podcasts and review the show for us. Uh, Twitter, at Pod. that community keeps building, and uh, it's alive and just electric now that footy's back... It's not all been super positive, given the loss, but that's fine. We love hearing from people and we love talking through the games and everything Hawthorne. You can join us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. Tears, you like your Facebook? No, I don't. I hate Facebook. You like our community, though? Our community is like a little sanctuary.
1: Oh, I like the community. I like the
0: people on Facebook, but Facebook itself, yeah, no. (laughs) It's okay. Good to have clarification around that. Uh, Our Facebook community is growing by the day, and it's great to see. Uh, Patreon is the big one for us as well. Subscribe and support the show. We want to thank our new subscribers, uh, Angelo, Aiden, Michael, and Andrew, all joined recently, Uh, all at the $5 tier Tis which is amazing. It's amazing for them as well. They get all of our bonus episodes and the one that we just put out. Oh, it's rose-tinted glasses that episode, isn't it? We thought we were definitely beating the Cats. Yeah, we, we thought we were in the <laughs> box seat to uh, to go two win-zero losses. It's a good summation of where the list is, I think. Well, that's it. The bonus podcast that we just put out, it's actually a player-by-player review. So we start at Brooksby, count down all the way to Morrison, give our thoughts about where these players are at, what they're going to contribute to the club, Uh, have we overestimated them? Have we underestimated them? If you subscribe at the $5 tier on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod you can have a listen and find out, see how we did. Now, in the halftime break, I've just got an
1: email from Hawthorne with... uh where the game was lost as the subject. And apparently, when I click through on the link, it just says on the scoreboard. It's, uh, it's a very short article. I've... No, no, it's got a few stats in it. But uh, it must be hard to have to write that
0: article for the Hawthorne content website. I mean, we have to do it for our podcast. We have to talk about it. You know what? We're, d- we're done with that game. It's time to move on. We're getting out of the halftime break and we're talking about what's next for the HFC. So heading into round three, Tiz, are one win, one loss, one fairly fairly good win, an entertaining win, one that satisfied us, heading into a long break, and one loss that was um, fairly deplorable, and now we're not really sure where we're at. Good thing we've got a great fixture. Because we're going to know where we're at, or... Our game against Richmond will be a barometer, will it not?
1: Well, Klyko said that he has designed this experiment for the likes of Richmond. So we're going to find out. Is he on record saying that? Basically, he's like, Richmond are the team to beat. So this, if they're the team to beat, then you design something to beat them. And that is the experiment. Yeah, okay. That's fair
0: enough. So you're dead certain he is going to play that setup again. He's going to try the experiment, go back to the well on that one. I'm going to be tearing my hair out if it doesn't work. I tell
1: you what, it'll work much better with a high skill level. If the boys come with that skill level again, they're just going to be disappointed.
0: I've been really interested to see how we fare against Richmond. You could argue that there, if there was a time to face the reigning premiers, it might be now. They, they fought Collingwood to a draw, which was an ugly, ugly game. Scores locked at just 36 points apiece, which is terrible. Or, Tiz, you could argue, on the other hand, we're actually in real trouble as the Tigers won't come into this game looking anywhere near as rusty as they did. So I'm interested to see what happens. But neither will we. I mean, we'll have a game under our belt. We'll look much better. That's my hope. That's my hope. Of course, we'll have uh, the fallout of that match against Geelong, the financial sanctions, Burgoyne, Shields and Frost, all going to be available to play. They were stung a grand each. But that's um reduced
1: due to the covid thing isn't it because like they're not earning as much so they don't have to pay as much in fines isn't that how that works because that would be that would be equitable because that's what the afl is about equity you know everyone's equal so obviously they only pay 50 percent of the actual fine because their earning potentials drop so much
0: no listeners won't see it but tis tongue-in-cheek there <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pretty rough. Were there any Geelong players cited? I think Selwood got fined in the end for uh, hitting Shields. Righto. So there's two grand to the AFL. <laughs> That's a win. Why not fine them both now? Um, yeah, so there could be a few changes. If Clyco decides that it's going to be wet or um, night games are not the time to deploy this uh, new experiment strategy, you could see one of the Ruckman drop out. I certainly think Scrimshaw and Mitch Lewis... Should have a look. They should uh, definitely be part of the thoughts
0: coming into this game. And maybe another midfielder. We heard from Alex at Hawk Talk Pod. Why didn't a fit Mitch Lewis play against Geelong? He has to be played ahead of TOB at all costs, does he not? Yeah, well, I didn't see a lot of TOB. I didn't see him do
1: anything wrong, and I didn't see him do much right either. What did you think of his game?
0: Not really a factor. Um, I didn't think much of it. And I don't necessarily intend that to be a knock on him. He wasn't our worst on the night, but he just he didn't really stamp his authority. I'm not sure if you suddenly plug Lewis into that game that he makes a hell of a lot of difference, but uh, I just know that O'Brien was uh, a bit quiet. Any changes
1: this week will, will seem like scapegoats, really, um, because everyone was bad.
0: Yeah, it's a fair point. Even our winners had problems with their game. Like <laughs> There wasn't a commanding performance across the ground. So you'd say that Jager obviously goes straight back in, assuming he's right to play. Yeah, he is right to play. He's
1: 100% good to go.
0: So then there's the question of who comes out for him. It's
1: a good question. I'm not sure I know who comes out for him, but I want someone else to come out to add another midfielder to that lineup as well. Because I think we need to, we need to bat a little bit deeper in the midfield against Richmond. And I noticed that one of our young, young fellas that we like... Harrison Jones was on the emergencies
0: last week. Oh, did he make the emergencies? I didn't actually see the emergencies last week. Yeah, so he um, he could be up. And I'd love to see him play. I'd love to see him play too. Is Richmond a bit of a tough assignment? Seems like it would be throwing him to the wolves. I don't think you worry. On your debut,
1: you're just happy to get a game. He'd be wrapped And we do need that kind of enthusiasm. We need something
0: to spark these boys up. Perhaps a debut is exactly what they need. Okay, well, let's pump the brakes on this for a sec because I'm not wholly against that idea. But we've already raised the issue of who you take out of the side for O'Meara because I'm not sure Hardwick goes out of the side. He's going to be in there now. He's best 22. So who do you take out? Well, I mean, Poppy's... Pretty obvious. I was inclined to suggest Hanrahan, but Hanrahan's the future compared to Poopolo. So you take Poopolo out of the team ahead of him. I'm not sure. Poppy was involved in a couple of uh, pressurised
1: moments that did result in goals. So maybe Hannah's does go before Poppy. We know they respect Poppy enormously.
0: Are we taking Burgoyne into this game?
1: How sacrilegious is that? He's going to miss a week anyway. Oh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's the he's the one Hawthorne fan that was hoping that Bergman didn't get off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just saying we have a selection dilemma, that's all. I can feel the one-star reviews right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I didn't think Dusty was all that good on the weekend.
0: Um, Richmond, we're okay Come on, we're we're, da- we're dancing around it We're talking about all these changes we want to make You're talking about wh- Okay, would you take O'Brien out of the side for Mitch Lewis? There's your most obvious swap right there Yes, I would I would be inclined to do that as well
1: I might even take Patton out, give him a rest Tell him he had general soreness Ah, oh, the general
0: So named after his condition of general
1: soreness Oh, you know what I mean He's uh come in for one game and had all these weeks off, played another game, been absolutely monster by the Geelong defence. I mean, you're putting him in cotton wool a bit, but it might pay off in the long run. Just bring straight swap for Mitch Lewis.
0: Yeah, we we just need our forward line to have a little bit of a different dimension from last week. I know that we've said that the midfield, we've established the midfield's the problem, but um, I think Mitch Lewis and O'Brien that that dynamic duo could afford maybe a tad bit more mobility than what Patton was offering which might have been a factor I'm not really sure but in terms of also managing Patton as you suggest it might be a good move so we've got that change we're going to lock that change down that Mitch Lewis definitely comes in the side somehow we've got to fit O'Meara in and now you're toying with Jones as well I just don't know I know who underperformed but I don't know if you take them out of the side that's all
1: It's a tough thing. I mean, but you just got to get it done if you're Clarco. You can't have that kind of lack of effort. That's why I think it's touch and go whether he trusts his system, um, gives it another week, or, you know, just thinks that was an anomaly. Or make some wholesale changes, in which case you're probably not going to win anyway.
0: We heard from Chris at Hawk Talk Pod. How much of a difference does it make if O'Meara gets up for round two? And we also heard from SW Perth at Hawk Talk Pod. Will Jacob be enough to harden up our midfield? Runners couldn't stick a tackle and tacklers weren't getting to contests. Yes, that is a very good point. Our tackling
1: was deplorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just effort. And the hardness at the contest. Yeah. And uh, that's un like and I think that would be what Clarko was
0: really irritated by. I think I read someone tweeting, uh, time to take out the tackle bags of the next week's (laughs) training. And uh, that summed it up for me as well. I thought Geelong peeled off far too easily. There was just not enough of a physical presence to... To go with them, to, to make them earn their footy. And I really hope that they work on that during the week. We heard from Breedo as well at Hawk Talk Pod. Any chance Scrimmer makes a return next week?
1: I think we're screaming out for someone like Scrimshaw who can hit a pass, you know, 70 metres to a chest off the halfback line. I think that was pretty obvious by our inability to clear our lines. Um, I reckon you're probably looking at Morrison there coming out. But then again, Morrison's a little bit more. Um, honest when it comes to staying with his man. So um, it's touch and go really there. It's so hard too, because even if they did look good at training, um, you know, it's no indication of how they'll go in a real game. No. There's no VFL at the moment for them. So
0: it's very hard to push someone out of the lineup. It is. And you do have to be careful of having these snap knee jerk reactions. And, you know, making wholesale changes. I know not all Hawthorne supporters, I think a few people on Twitter I saw were calling for the axe to be swung. I'd just caution against that. I know it can be frustrating and and what we saw on Friday night is not at all acceptable, but you've got to be careful. You've got to balance this properly. Not make too many changes. It'll be destabilizing. Yeah, the more changes you make, the less likely you are to win the following week. Yes, famously,
1: we've talked about that on this podcast before. AFL for fans has got me trembling in my boots. Apparently, we're going to end up like St Kilda or Melbourne in five years because all of our talent is over 28 and we've got nothing coming through grassroots, no sprouts, no best and fairest who are under 21, nothing like that. You know, it's just. What's he going on about here, Nick? This is all a little bit too negative. Is it time for Clucker to accept a slower rebuild and find some skillful players? What do you think, Nick?
0: It might be catastrophizing things a little bit. I get what he's talking about. but um... Did he write the copy for Matty Lloyd? <laughs> uh, Matthew Lloyd. Still bitter. Still bitter about Hawthorne. We won't need to worry about Melbourne and St Kilda soon, will we, if Jeff Kennett gets his way? (laughs) We'll get to that in just a moment. Hold your horses. What I'd say to AFL for fans is the fact that, you know, this season is still very much in its infancy. There's plenty of time to see what we have with some of these young players. We we spoke about Harry Jones before. Uh, The boss, Jackson Ross, could yet get a game. James Cousins is another one we've got huge question marks over. Is he going to be anything? Can he be anything at the level we'll just wait and see I guess uh this season could hold all of those answers um I I just caution against rushing to that kind of thinking after round two and is has the positivity wave just crashed tiz has is it lapping the shores I feel like it is now because after all this after all we've said about this demoralizing loss it is early days and uh we'll see what we put up against Richmond. It's going to be a good test. Yeah, I mean, Tommy Mitchell is
1: going to have to come into some... I mean, this is his second game back um, from a very, very big injury, which we saw the doco, or a few of us saw the doco. I think it's available on the Hawthorne website now for members. Um, So he's well down on his form, and he'll improve. You've got Amira next to him now. Then Shields, I'm not sure if we will play a tagging role against Richmond that doesn't seem to be very effective. So he'll be contesting for the ball again. It'll be a real different dynamic at the feet of
0: Segler and McAvoy. Still can't believe he's going to do it. (laughs) I don't even disagree. I think he will probably do it. It's just frustrating because I think it got so soundly beaten and found out by Geelong. Uh, You know, Richmond must be studying that and they must know what to do. But, oh, well, we wait and see. What is your tip for this game, mate? Before we get on to... Jeff Kennett's comments, which I know you're dying to talk about. What is your tip for the Richmond Hawthorne game this Thursday night at the MCG? I'm right behind the Hawkers. I think they
1: can write the boat, don't you? I didn't think Richmond were anything impressive.
0: No, Richmond were not much chop on Thursday. I, I feel, however, that that form won't continue. They'll bounce back, and it'll just be a case of which team bounces back best, because I don't think we're going to play that badly either. Um We wait to see what happens. We've really struggled against Richmond in recent history. But, you know, we did away with a bogey side in round one. We got Brisbane off our backs, finally. Uh, Maybe this is the season in which we take it to a few other teams like that. It's high time that we beat Richmond. We might just do it this week. Do I feel massively confident after being drubbed by 10 goals? Not really. Not really but I don't think we can play that bad again. You should probably deliver that at
1: halftime to the players. They will absolutely <laughs> go bananas in the second half. They will kick that many goals on the back of that confidence, the uh, just the delivery, the sheer will to win in that <laughs>
0: that rant. Was... I- I'll need to get in touch with uh, Tony Wilson. <laughs> it's one of the all-time great speeches. He can put it up on his website. Uh, man. Come on, it can't be all, you know... Total bravado. We just got smashed. Yeah, I think that
1: that would be what would I led. I would lead with after a performance like that. You know, where's your pride? You're better than this. This mob out here. You know, they only won a premiership because a, a fledgling club got there.
0: Yeah, and those are all valid points. That's not along the same lines at all. I would go with br- bravado, though. That would be what I'd settle on. And I'd leave it at that. I wouldn't look back at Geelong at all. You you wouldn't talk about being uh, pollaxed by 10 majors the previous week? You, you probably would neglect to mention that? Not on that soccer pitch they call a stadium. Well, this is just one of the many reasons why I'm not an AFL coach, Tiz. So let's just <laughs> bank that and move on. Uh, but what did you think about... Uh, we finally get to it. Jeff Kennett. Hooray! <laughs> who has... Impeccable timing, it must be said. Uh, Jeff Kennett has called on the AFL to give the league's struggling clubs three years to get their act together or be relegated to the VFL. Terrific. I've always wanted a relegation. I read that letter to members, that particular section of the letter, with you in mind, mate, and I knew you'd love it. The days out from recording, I knew you couldn't wait to speak about this because you're all about this idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You've got to. Uh especially at these times where some clubs are making terrible decisions and making the rest of us pay for it, Um, you've got to have some kind of measure where they're held to account. And a lot of the people who are sitting on boards at AFL clubs just sit there forever, make no tough choices, make no good decisions, bring down the club even after they make a grand final and lose. I mean, Adelaide's had almost no turnover in their management behind the scenes. Um no one seems to be taking the blame except for the head coach. And it's it's not right.
0: Hey, just on that, it's pretty good of a- of the AFL to let Adelaide off lightly for breaching those COVID measures. And then single players here and there get, what, a week or two each? Isn't that a bit... That's a bit rich, isn't it? Uh,
1: yeah, well, I think they, they think that it's a greater risk in season rather than three weeks out from the season beginning.
0: Oh, they've liaised with the virus. I see. Yeah, they've talked to the virus... Definitely more risk now that the season's on. Look, I'm obviously not interested in going to bat for Adelaide, but I just—it's more a case of calling the AFL on their garbage, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not bothered with that. I, you know, if they got rid of all those
1: players, Adelaide would have lost on the weekend, <laughs> like terribly, as opposed to what they actually did. Yeah, that was pitiful. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think Ken? It's
0: out of line. Do you? Do you think? Clubs shouldn't be relegated or... Well, I want to pick on something that you said before um, and I happen to agree with it. This idea of Hawthorne and similarly big clubs who have got their act together, I don't think it's particularly fair that we should have to lower our colours.
1: And have the AFL step in and try to bring the best players to these struggling clubs where the AFL players don't want to be but they'll go if they pay them extra.
0: All I'm saying is that we're in a good position why do we have to be stripped bare to to meet the levels of other clubs that could that weren't operating well to begin with? How is that fair? I think the
1: point here is we were happy to do that to keep the competition going as long as you know we got a fair amount for what we what we put in. You know what I mean? If we're allowed to keep most of it, but now we're having a financial situation where it's going to be so dark and maybe for a long period, that if there aren't measures to remedy the failings at other clubs, if they don't have some kind of stick to hit these clubs that are badly run with, then it's going to bring the whole competition down. So in the past, it was slowing our growth. But in a situation like this, where the league might be in financial peril, it could see the closure of clubs if they don't get their act together at some of these some of these you know St Kilda the kangaroos seem to be in a quite healthy position compared to Carlton which surprised me you know it's um it's it, he's probably gone too far but he's gone too far because the argument is they need to have some way to gauge whether the club is actually viable i well, don't just want to hand out a blank check to every club going oh yeah You're here forever, no matter how bad your decisions are.
0: And I think I can agree with that. I think it's the idea of there being KPIs is, is that very controversial? I think that should probably be a thing, right? I think that's in most players' contracts.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. So if it's for the people who make up the club, why can it not be for the club as well?
0: How about this as a club philosophy? Do better. (laughs) How about that? Yeah. Probably a bit wordy. (laughs) Speaking of KPIs, mate,
1: you got through a long way in Mason's multi this weekend. The draw (laughs) saw you right, and then you picked your long, which was, you know, Nostradamus-like. And then I think Carlton gave it it up for you, didn't it?
0: Yeah, Carlton shat the bed. And let's face it, like, you criticised me last week on the pod. You thought that was a risky manoeuvre, and it turned out that it was, and... Yeah, they cost me. But, I mean, look, looking at the rest of the round, there are plenty of other games that would have cost me as well, so... Yeah, I mean, if you wanted value, you should have gone with Gold Coast. <laughs> well, I'll keep that in mind next time. By 39 points would have been great. Yep, yeah, all right, well noted. Who have we got this week? Am I any chance? Well, I tell you what,
1: Gold Coast by 39 isn't a bad bet this week because they got Adelaide.
0: All right, well, we'll get to that game in a sec. Let's start at the top. Obviously, we're first on Thursday... Richmond hosting Hawthorne at the MCG.
1: I'm just going to skip this one. You know, just go for eight out of eight.
0: (laughs) No. Mason's multi is all nine games. I tried, listeners. I tried. I really did.
1: All right. Off we go. I guess I'm tipping Richmond. And the Friday night
0: box buster, Western Bulldogs versus Giants. Uh, It turns out my pre-season prediction of the Bulldogs being anything this year has gone to the dogs, Tiz. (laughs) <laughs> I can't I can't back them I have to go the Giants uh
1: North versus
0: Sydney North were very impressive against GWS no it's frustrating can North really go three zip I think they can so I'm t- I'm backing north Collingwood
1: Saints Saints were very impressive against the dogs although you just don't know how bad the dogs are really
0: so I'll go the Saints Wow I believe the hype behind the Saints uh Brisbane. Versus West Coast I'll tip uh, I'll back Brisbane What's wrong with West Coast? I didn't see that game Did you? No I didn't see that game either I have no idea All I know is that They're still in Queensland Against a team that Loves Queensland So no I I won't be picking them Now Geelong Carlton It's a little bit depressing That Carlton could yet Put up a better performance Down at the Cattery Than Hawthorne we might see that, but it's still not going to be enough. I tipped you long. Gold Coast versus Adelaide in the game that will
1: bend the round. This is the apex of football. Gold Coast could
0: win by 100. I'm tipping Gold Coast. I think it might be one of the only times in the history of Mason's Multi that I'm actually backing Gold Coast. Their current favourites, $1.80 versus 2 bucks. And moving into Essendon versus Melbourne. Well, I mean, let's be frank. There are no winners here, really. I don't really think much of Melbourne. I, I, look, I don't think much of Essendon either, but they got the job done too. Uh, let's just go with the favourites. God, they're slim favourites. A dollar eighty-eight as opposed to dollar ninety-two. I'll go Essendon.
1: And uh, Fremantle versus Port Adelaide. What do you think happens there? That's up in Queensland, I think.
0: Yeah, it's up in Queensland. God, um, that's a funny old year this. Port Adelaide at a dollar thirty. Well, they were mighty impressive, but they're against an Adelaide outfit that. Was anything but So I I don't know I'll play favourites here again I'll go Port Adelaide After all The aim of Mason's Multi As you said it Is to win Tiz Well you've got $105 odds there That's not bad Okay All right. See this is the thing (laughs) I like how you've done The calculations Because I never do Until I put on the bet So is it Is it Is it correct That you probably
1: Still lose Like over the whole time You've done it for Four seasons now I know, you'd probably make about 10 bucks if you got that one on this weekend.
0: Well done. You're forgetting um, there were two consecutive years in which I actually got my money back, thanks to you being out-tipped.
1: Yeah, thanks is correct. Um, I'm glad you acknowledged that. You lost fair and square. Suck it up. (laughs) Yeah, should be an interesting round. Hopefully everyone's skills improve this week. It's it's an interesting game at the moment. Not everyone's at the same level of... uh,
0: What's the word? Preparedness. This round just needs to right some wrongs, Tiz. Some fundamental wrongs. Our top four is Port Adelaide, North Melbourne, Essendon and Collingwood. That's not a good top four. What's that nonsense?
1: No, that'll correct. you got to remember, round six is when it's basically in stone, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, that's the stat. You get one or two changes to the eight after round six.
0: Well, time's on our side. Can I get your tip again before we start wrapping up? Your tip for the Richmond game on Thursday night. I think we'll um, get within a couple of goals of Richmond. I expect it to be
1: very defensive. Clarke won't be opening the game up like he did on
0: Friday night. I think if this last round taught me anything, it's uh, to expect the unexpected. I have no idea what sort of Richmond's going to front up, and I have no idea what sort of Hawthorne's going to front up. So I'm just going to sit back, Well, I was going to say, relax. I won't be doing that. I'll sit back and enjoy the game and uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't turn in the same sort of performance. Now, just to wrap up the social media stuff, Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, jump on Apple Podcasts and rate and review it. It really makes our day when you do that. Uh, Twitter at Hawk Talk Pod. The community keeps on building over there. We're surging towards 3,000 followers. Join the conversation, join our community over on Twitter. You can do so on Facebook as well Facebook.com slash Hawk Talk Pod and Patreon as well. We have Patreon. Thanks again to our new subscribers. Uh, Patreon.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. Is where you want to go to support the show So how many is Mitch Lewis kicking this, this week mate? Oh, I so desperately want Mitch Lewis back in the side mate But I don't know I just don't know What are Hawthorne doing? Round 2 has just filled me full of doubt And all I want is the security of Mitch Lewis clunking a mark Over 3 other players Just like the good old days Why can't we go back Tiz? Why can't we go back? Alright Wingard then What do you reckon? Uh, Wingard
1: will kick 3 Oh I like the sound of that If Wingard kicks 3 I reckon we're right in that game He brings everyone with him, Wingard.
0: If he manages that, we're up to our necks in it. It should be good. Uh, I mean, this is all just predictions, and we know how I go with predictions, Tiz, so... And are you watching
1: it with family again, or have they turned out to be a curse? (laughs) I'll
0: probably be back on the live tweets on Thursday, so if people want to follow the game along with us, they can. Uh, If they jump on Twitter, I'll be live tweeting it, and hopefully it'll be a pleasant experience. If not, you can mourn with us. Jeez, if it's another loss, this is a terrible time to be live tweeting. Anyway, it should be good. Well, mate, I've got to cut the call there. have got to cut the recording. Let's wrap because, um, quite frankly, there's only a few hours to Footy Classified and I need to get myself mentally prepared if I'm going to watch that. Ah, wow. Am I offended? Yes, absolutely I am.
1: <laughs> I haven't been this shitty since Dad said we couldn't go down to the other end because his legs were tired to watch Jason Dunstall kick another goal. <laughs> I had my arms folded for so long that the vinyl on my
0: bomber jacket got stuck together. Incidentally, that's how I watch Footy Classified. <laughs> Alright, we'll wrap it there, mate. I've got some TV to watch. Enjoy your caning. <laughs> we are a happy team at Hawthorne.